Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. What's up, Angel fans? Trent Rush here in Tempe, Arizona, getting you all set for the regular season. Set to begin on April the 7th. Can you believe it? We're in the final week of spring training. Uh, boy, the regular season is upon us like now. It's crazy uh, that we have gotten to this point already. I know it's an abbreviated spring training, but it has gone especially fast. And uh, I think now with just three more Cactus League games left, everybody comes back to the Big A on the third. When the Angels take on the Dodgers in the Exhibition Freeway Series, then two games up at the Ravine before the off day on the sixth, only for the home opener and the season opener coming up on April the 7th against the Astros. Really cool stuff. Uh, there, lot we want to get to on today's podcast. Okay, here's the deal. I put out a thing on Twitter and on Instagram for people to ask some questions. So we're going to do a Q&A. It's going to be your questions. And I'm going to go through... Uh, this as best I can. We've learned a little bit about the Angels. They made a, a round of cuts uh, on the off day here uh, on the Wednesday when recording this podcast uh, in between the uh, Angels' uh, two spring training games, the one yesterday when they took on the Rockies and tomorrow against the Milwaukee Brewers. So uh, I'm going to try to answer as many of your questions as possible. We're going to go through this Angels team, talk about things we've learned in spring training at this point, and then try to figure out what this group is going to look like. I've been having, uh, putting pen to paper, trying to figure out what the opening day 28 is going to look like for the Angels. It's not that easy to figure out. There have been a lot of battles, which has actually made uh, for a fun spring training. It's made some for, for some fun competitions and also uh, the opportunity to have a discussion here and try to figure out what this team is going to look like. I'll tell you the biggest thing about the Angels, by having these many different options for the Halos, means that there is talent and there is depth in the organization, um, especially on the pitching side. You look at the bullpen, I think you can basically pencil in probably eight names right now, and it's kind of open season for two spots at the end. Uh, the last two spots, I mean, if this would have been a 26-man roster uh, like we thought it was going to be and what it will be come May the 1st, then I think it'd be relatively easy. But but here we are sitting uh, at uh, 28, and I think there's a lot of competition for those last few spots. The Angels are going to be going to the six-man rotation this year. Um, so we're going to cover a lot of things uh, for the Angels today here on the podcast, including uh, some news from the club a little bit earlier today in regards uh, to some transactions. Now, the Angels have optioned Jansen Junk, Luis Rangifo, Matt Theis, Andrew Velasquez, Andrew Wance, reassigning A.J. Ramos, uh, McNury Sierra, and Chad Wallach. The difference is if you're optioned, I 
I think what the rule is, if you're optioned, you cannot play in Cactus League games, but if you're reassigned, you can. I think that's uh, what the rule is officially. We got some tough news on A.J. Ramos. Earlier this week, he suffered uh, a shoulder injury. There's a tear in there. He's likely done for the season. So some tough news uh, in that sense. As for Magnui Sierra, seen him a lot at the end of a, some spring training games. He's getting some looks there. And Chad Wallach, same kind of deal. He's been... Um, kind of what the, the Chad Kruger rule uh, was, or the Jack Kruger rule, rather, for a lot of years, the Angels, where it was that uh, probably triple-A catcher that's gotten a lot of looks, plays a ton in spring training. Uh, Chad Wallach has done that, and we'll probably keep seeing him in these last three spring training games, but he is not going to be on the big league roster. As for the Jansen Junk move, I think that you probably thought that Junk had a chance to be the sixth starter for the Angels in this rotation. What this move tells me is it's setting up really well for Reed Detmers, and Detmers has had a very good spring training, and I think that the, the thing about Detmers to me is he is much further along than I expected him to be. At the end of last season, I was convinced that Reed Detmers was going to be a player that needed more seasoning. He needed more time in AAA to get to the point where you could count on him as being a big league starting pitcher. I don't really read too much into spring training numbers. Like that's not like numbers are not the be all end all. Look and feel that does mean something. And Detmers has had both. Uh, Detmers looks a lot better. You can tell he's been putting the work in. And Reed Detmers. Um, you know, right now it's, it slots out that, that Detmers would be the sixth starter for the Angels, which tells you that it's going to be Shohei Otani on opening day. He's your one. He's your ace. He's your guy. Second in the rotation is looking right now that it would be Patrick Sandoval. And actually on the Astros front, it looks like Justin Verlander is not going to start opening day for them. It's sounding like it's going to be Framber Valdez on opening day. And in the second game of the season, we could see Patrick Sandoval against Justin Verlander. That would be our, our game two matchup against Houston. After that, Noah Syndergaard, who looks to me like an ace. Boy, the way Syndergaard pitched the other day, I mean, that was ace caliber stuff we saw from Thor. The one thing about Noah Syndergaard, and you got to keep this in mind, Coming off the Tommy John surgery, I mean, Thor even talked about being fatigued physically after 60 pitches. It's going to take some time for him to be stretched out and built up to be the guy that's throwing 100 miles an hour, giving you 100 pitches, going deeper into games. It's going to take time. I think we're probably, for Syndergaard, you're probably looking at least till May till that's going to happen. So you got to be a little bit patient with Noah Syndergaard. And I also think that's why he's in the three spot. It's not your traditional hierarchy of like, okay, Otani's your best guy, he's your number one. That might be true, but you know, to say Patrick Sandoval is the second best pitcher on the Angels uh, for starting-wise, maybe, uh, but I, I think that a lot of that has to do also with Joe Madden wanting to go different looks. Like you could go uh, Otani in the one, and then you have a left-hander in Sandoval in the two. After that, you can go to Thor in that three spot, and then you have Suarez as your four-starter, so you're going right, left, right, left. And also, think about the way these guys are built. You have Otani, Syndergaard, big right-handers, power arms, good off-speed. You know, having those guys back-to-back, you're giving a similar look two days in a row. Conversely, you talk about Sandoval and Suarez. Left-handers plus changeup, that's their best pitch for both those guys. You're giving a team a different look by breaking them up and not having them in back-to-back days. So I think that's part of it. So right now, you're talking Otani 1, Sandoval 2, Syndergaard 3, Suarez 4, Michael Lorenzen. 
I, I would say Michael Lorenzen is in a five spot with a chance to be a really good starter for the Angels. He just has to prove it. Like, he's doing something new. Moving to the rotation is an adjustment for him. That's a new place for him on this on any pitching staff. I mean, he's had great numbers in Cincinnati, um, really good in their bullpen. But I think for him, coming to the Angels, he's an Orange County guy, Fullerton through and through, lives down by the beach. I think for Lorenzen to be where he wants to be in SoCal, in Orange County, and on top of that, to be in the rotation, which he has craved his entire career, I think that's going to be really good for Michael Lorenzen. But, you know, has he been established as a major league starting pitcher? No, but he's got that big league experience. He has started before, uh, so he's your five spot. Man, Michael Lorenzen's your fifth starter. I think you're feeling pretty good about your rotation. And now it sounds like Reed Detmers is going to be your sixth guy there. So also, again, Left-hander Otani, or excuse me, right-hander Otani, left-hander Sandoval. Right-hander Syndergaard, left-hander Suarez. Right-hander in Lorenzen, left-hander in Detmers. So you can go right-left, 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 and that's how the Angels would go about it. Not that that's the be-all, end-all, but you're giving a team different looks every single day when that is your rotation and how it sets up. Luis Rangifo really is the victim of, of a, just a crowded infield, and you can say the same about Andrew Velasquez. Now, both these guys are talented. Both these guys are versatile. But when the Angels go and they make the moves that they've made to go bring in Matt Duffy, to go bring in Tyler Wade. You know, Michael Stefanik has played really well. All of a sudden, that infield space gets really crowded. Jack Mayfield has had a good spring after a career-best 10 home runs last season. Mayfield is his best offensive year when he finally got some opportunity. And we know that Jack Mayfield is a plus defender anyway. So, you know, for those guys, uh, they're, they're going to be important for the organization, be able to demonstrate depth, um, but, you know, you, you could have made the case for them at the big league level, absolutely. But just kind of the way the infield stacks up, it's just going to be tougher for those guys. As for Matt Theis, he is still a work in progress as a catcher, though he's coming along. And I, I've been fortunate to have a lot of conversations with Matt Theis. I'm feeling good about Matt Theis's progress. Uh, Theis is, is absolutely coming along. And it's fun seeing that growth. It's seeing that development. But this is his first spring training where he's gotten to work as a catcher. He was trying to make that adjustment mid-season last year. So now finally, he gets the opportunity to, to do this regularly in games, in spring training, spend the whole camp working as a catcher. And he's putting most of his attention in that catching space as opposed to in the cage. Now he's spending some time in the cage. He's getting his hacks in, but... I mean, Thice is confident, and the Angels are confident. He's going to hit. Like, that's not the issue with Matt Thice. It's about developing as a catcher. A former first-round pick, you know, in 2016, coming out of Virginia, was the best available hitting college player that you could get, and he still is a very good hitter. The Angels are not concerned about that at all. They're not even really, I don't think, concerned about his catching ability because he's really improving a lot in that space. Just give him some more time. I think that's also why you sign a Kurt Suzuki. You bring on Kurt Suzuki to be able to give Matt Theis a little bit more time. I think Chad Wall, we've seen good things from him too. But right now, if you're looking at the organizational depth chart, uh, I think you're probably looking at uh, maybe Theis above Wallach. Maybe I'm stretching there. But uh, either way, it's Stassi is your catcher, and then Suzuki is your backup. And, and that's what we're going to see uh, for the Angels on opening day. And then Andrew Wantz uh, optioned as well. 
You know, it, it's just a crowded bullpen, and there are other guys. When you bring in Archie Bradley and Aaron Loop and Ryan Tapera, uh, you re-sign Rysel Iglesias. It's a stacked bullpen. The, the Angels' pen is, is silly good. And I think like a guy like Austin Warren has really stepped up. I love that guy. I mean, he's not, he's not going to intimidate you with his physical presence, and then you see him throw, and then it's like, oh, wow, that, that's, that's coming in there. You know, I, I love Austin Warren. There's so much to like about this guy. And then Mike Myers comes back, you know, and, and another piece. Kehada is in there. So to me, as I'm trying to figure out what these last couple spots are going to look like for the Angels, well, I'm kind of looking at, um, you know, maybe uh, Moran. Does he get in the mix? He's not on the 40-man. But Ty Buttry, same kind of thing, not on the 40-man roster. I know Cooper Criswell has dealt with some injuries, but is improving. He's on the 40-man, so he'd have to go to the 60 to open up a spot. Ortega's probably in the mix uh, for one of those spots as well. Oliver Ortega, Jose Marte. I know he struggled his command the other day against Colorado, but he's probably in the mix as well uh, when you're looking at uh, a really good uh, bullpen. When you're talking about Glacius, Bradley, Loop, Tapera, Myers, Warren, Quejada, there's just not a ton of room. I mean, and the, and the Angels are probably going to carry 10. Uh, in the bullpen with six starters, it's just hard to find that space. And, and right now it looks like uh, Wance on the outside looking in. All right, got to pause just for a moment to get a word from our sponsors before we go to your questions here on the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush here on the Angels Recap Podcast, and this is the time where we get a chance uh, to hear from you and answer some of your questions. Uh, that's the beauty of this. And uh, wanting to, to be interactive, that's what we're all about. I got these questions from folks on Instagram that found me at Trent Rush Sports. Same handle that I'm on Twitter as as well. So all of that uh, kind of works into the mix on that front. All right, uh, here's a question. Chances the Angels add another arm at the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a good chance of that. I think that... You know, you look at Oakland and they're still wanting to move Montas and Manaya. They, they're really trying to slash as much payroll as they possibly can right now in Oakland. Um, you know, I, and, and, you know, Herman Marquez in Colorado, the Rockies aren't supposed to be very good this year. I think that the Angels are set up to where they have a roster that can compete in the AL West right now. It may end up being good enough to win the AL West. I think right now it's the Astros division until proven otherwise. But I think the way the Angels are built, there's going to be opportunity for this club to be able uh, to take that step, get into the mix, and maybe be within a couple of games of a division lead approaching the end of July. If that were to be the case, there is room before the Angels would hit the luxury tax to go make a move for a big-name starting pitcher. And I can understand why you don't do it now. You don't do it now because... Well, if you get to the deadline and then you feel like you still need somebody, uh, then you don't have that space to be able to go do that. Or on the flip side, um, if the team struggles and something happens and the injury bug bites again and, and things go south, well, then like, what are you doing leveraging, whether it be cash or whether it be chips in terms of prospects, you know, to go make a push for somebody and trade away a player you might believe in, but somebody else really wants to go get somebody else that you really need? Um, you know, if you do that and your team's not in the mix, then that, that's a gamble that is pointless, really. So 
I can see why the Angels would want to wait. You get to the end of July, the Angels feel like, hey, okay, we need, we're, we're good enough to win our division, we're good enough to make the playoffs, but we're maybe not good enough to win the World Series, so we need one more dude. The Angels are going to have the flexibility and ability to be able to do that. So that's kind of where the Angels sit, I would think, right now as far as uh, being able to acquire a player at the trade deadline. I do think that that uh, absolutely is a part of it. Um, this is a good comment here. It's more of a comment, best availability or best ability is availability. Talking about the Angels, how the Halos need to stay healthy. I agree, and I've said this over and over. Health is the name of the game for the Angels. That is clearly the most important part of what this season is going to be like for the Angels. The Halos got to stay healthy. That's the whole ballgame. If this Angels group stays healthy, man, sky is the limit for this team. Along those kind of lines, um, here's a good question. What's a realistic number of games Trout, Fletcher, Rendon, and Otani are all in there together? 135 was the guess. Yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. I mean, Fletcher could play all 62 games, all 162, probably. Everybody else, you kind of figure maybe five to 10 games off over the course of the year with some good luck and, and everyone being able to stay healthy. Um, so if that's the case, yeah, 135, 140 in that mix. Uh, that's a far cry from the 17 that Trout, Otani, and Rendon played together last year. I mean, I'm even looking at, you know, Otani's home run. Uh, the other day against Colorado, I mean, you're looking at where David Fletcher gets a leadoff double in the nine hole. Otani, the leadoff man, uh, comes up next. First base is open. And I know you're not going to intentionally walk a guy in a spring training game, but, you know, instead of pitching around Otani, with Mike Trout on deck, you have to pitch to Shohei. And what does Shohei do? Pitch out of the zone, away, just puts a little bat on the ball, didn't hit it hard, didn't get a lot of it. But he's so strong and so powerful and so talented, he was able to hit it over the fence for a home run. That's the kind of stuff that's going to happen by having the group together. And Mike Trout didn't get a hit yesterday. He got a walk and was, was overdue with a walk. So be it. The presence of Mike Trout was as critical as anything for that Otani home run. So those are the kind of things that are going to make such a big difference. And you, you got to be careful with the Trout because Rendon's right there. And Rendon is going to put up big numbers because Jared Walsh hit 29 home runs and drove in 98 RBI last season, and he's going to be behind him. There is just so much depth stacked at the top of this Angels lineup. You cannot help but love what's at the top of this Angels lineup. It's really easy to be bullish on that and to get excited about what the Angels can be offensively. I mean, it's really easy to do that. Uh, let's get to some more questions here. Uh, this one, is Otani going to be the leadoff man in the season, or is that just for spring training? No. Otani's going to be the leadoff guy. I mean, it's going to be just like the All-Star game. Otani's going to be on the mound, starting the game, and then he's going to be in the leadoff spot when the Angels hit in the first game of the season and beyond. I think that Joe Madden really likes that. I think Otani's speed plays. I know that ideally you'd love to have a guy be on base for Shohei, um, but I do think that there is something to the fact of putting pressure on a starting pitcher instantly. And the way the Angels set up, they're going to be able to do that every single night. And I think David Fletcher truly does fit better as a nine-hole hitter. So really, I mean, I know that you're going to want guys on base for Shohei. You're really talking about one at bat because in the first time he comes, like if he's leading off the game and he homers, is anybody going to complain about a leadoff home run and then Mike Trout's up and then here come the Angels? You know, is anybody going to be upset about that? So, you know, then you got David Fletcher as your nine guy. 
Then the, the Angels go one through eight. Nine hole comes up. It's Fletch. It feels like it's your leadoff guy, and you're you're flipping the lineup a batter early because Fletch just essentially is like that leadoff guy in the nine spot. So I think it's really encouraging to see that, and I just love I love the pressure and what that's going to do to opposing pitchers when the first batter they see is Shohei Otani, the reigning unanimous MVP. The next batter they see is the three-time MVP, Mike Trout. After that, Anthony Rendon, one of the best run producers in baseball, 2019 World Series champ, top three NL MVP finisher that year, top 10 AL MVP finisher in 2020, that is fresh and healthy and right when he never was in 2021. He gets the hip surgery. He comes back. He feels good now. Rendon ready to roll. That's what opposing teams get to face. Only for all-star Jared Walsh right behind him. Who, like I said, at 29 home runs, drove in 98 RBI last season. That's how the Angels stack up at the top. That will just put all-time fear into any starting pitcher. I don't care who you are. Even Justin Verlander wants no part of the top of the lineup for the Angels. And, and that's, that's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to bring, and that's the value uh, of having it there. Uh, here's a question about Ty Butchery. Is he still in camp? Haven't seen much from him. What are the next steps? Well, Ty has got to get put on the 40-man roster to be able to be on, on the opening day club. And I've had a lot of conversations with Ty Butchery, um, who seems like he's in a really good place right now, so that's encouraging. You know, the odds are Ty's going to open in AAA. Um, he pitched in a minor league game on Tuesday. Uh, he would have to be – if he's going to make the big league club, I'd imagine you would see him on either April the 2nd in the final spring training Cactus League game against the Cubs or potentially in the Exhibition Freeway Series on the 3rd. I would think those are probably the deadlines for Ty Buttry. Don't hold me to that. I don't know that for sure. Um, but I would say odds are for Buttry he's going to be in a minor league game because he's got to be put on the 40-man to be able to pitch in a Cactus League game. So that's part of it too um, as the Angels figure out what they're going to do in, in activating him off the restricted list or how that's going to play out. We just don't know right now. It's just a really unique situation with Ty Buttry. So he's back. He feels good. He feels fresh. He says he was able to stay in pretty good shape, pretty good condition, even though he wasn't competing. Uh, he did a lot of swimming. He's a great swimmer, apparently. I mean, he was telling me some of the numbers, and it's like he was only a couple seconds off the Olympic record. Like, he's like an all-time great swimmer. Um, did a lot of swimming, did a lot of running, uh, but then just started doing the arm work in December, getting back to where he wants to be as a major league pitcher. And, you know, I don't know that, that if he's behind or not, but he might be, and it doesn't have to be right away. Again, let's not forget this. If you don't make the club coming out of camp when camp breaks, it doesn't mean you're not going to be there at some point during the season. All right? We got to remember that. Like Whatever the opening day 28 is, I promise we're going to see more than 28 guys at the big league level over the course of this season. That 28 number is probably going to end up closer to 55 or 60. That's just the reality of the way a baseball season plays out. Uh, I want to keep getting your questions here on the Angels Recap Podcast. This is fun. I like hearing uh, from everybody out there. Who starts in right field this year? Oh, man. Tough question. Tough question. And I think I go back and forth every day. I'm probably leaning Joe Adele right now. I think Adele's had a good camp. I think he's looked really good, really poised. He's, he's dramatically better defensively. 
Um, and we saw him at the plate yes, uh, last year, was 90 points better last year than he was the season before. So we know that Adele has made that offensive improvement that is oh so important. Um, also, we have to factor, okay, where is Justin Upton going to be? How's that going to play out? Who's going to be in left field? Is, is Taylor Ward going to be in left? Is Upton going to be in left? If Upton's in left, then is Ward in right? Or is it Adele? Brandon Marsh is probably the best athlete of the group. He's probably the best overall defender in the group between Adele, Ward, and, and Marsh. But he's also the guy that has the least amount of experience in the corners. And uh, that's an area where Joe Madden has really wanted to see Brandon Marsh improve and get more experience, get more work in in the corner outfield spots. Marsh is a center fielder. Well, so is Mike Trout. So when Trouty is in center and he's going to be in center field, then how does it stack up for the Angels in the corner spots? And I don't, I don't know that Marsh is a leading candidate for that right now. Does that mean Marsh doesn't make the club coming out of camp? Well, all of a sudden, the numbers start getting tight. Jack Mayfield, I think, is going to be in the mix there for an infield spot. Um, it's probably tough for Jose Rojas to be still alive. It's probably tough for Stefanik that he's still alive. Um, where does Brandon Marsh fit in? It's a really good question. I don't know. And I think he's going to be a part of the Angels in 2022. Does he make the club coming out of camp? I'm, I'm not convinced. I think that he is a, a true bubble guy right now, and how he's able to perform in corner outfield spots has a lot to do with what's next for Brandon Marsh uh, this coming season and, and really for his career as long as Mike Trout is in center field. Uh, let's get to some more questions. Does Jose Rojas make the roster? I think that's along some of the same lines uh, of the question uh, that I just asked. Uh, how is Noah Syndergaard looking? I touched on this earlier. I think Thor looks like an ace, and there's not very many of those guys. I mean, Noah Syndergaard is that good. He can be that dude. I thought we saw wipeout stuff. The only batter I thought he struggled against was the last batter he faced that he walked him. I thought that was the only time. We saw Syndergaard have any kind of issues in his last spring training outing. I want to bring up some numbers on Syndergaard, too. Like, have you looked at his postseason numbers? Like, how about Noah Syndergaard in, in five playoff games, four starts, 26 innings, 2-4-2 ERA, 36 strikeouts. He's got a 2-1 postseason record, the one loss. He's still at a quality start. That's Noah Syndergaard. All-time clutch. Super good in... The, the wild card game that he pitched in in 2016. And he's the only Angels pitcher that's had at least 200-inning uh, season or has any kind of playoff experience other than Lorenzen, who's got two and two-thirds scoreless in the postseason. That's it. So Syndergaard is being counted on to be that guy while also coming off of Tommy John surgery. So you just got to be a little bit patient with Thor. I'm telling you, by, by the end of the season, we could be talking about Syndergaard as being ace Syndergaard. He has that kind of potential, that kind of ability. And as few guys as there are that you would classify as true aces, you know, the group that even has the potential to be a true ace is a very finite group of players. And the Angels have two of them when you're looking at Shohei Otani and Noah Syndergaard. Really cool what the Angels could potentially be this year in that respect. Um, let's get to I think we have time for maybe two more questions here. Okay, who has been the biggest surprise so far in camp? 
great question, and it's been fun hanging out in Tempe, uh, getting to know a lot of these guys and, and watching up close and personal, and not just in the games, out on the field, but also spending a lot of time on the backfield seeing these guys. Uh, the two big surprises for me, I'd say number one, I'd go Michael Stefanik. I think Stefanik has been really um, just living up to the hype, and he is he's you know, I've heard a lot about Michael Stefanik. I hadn't really seen him until this season. I know we've talked about this a lot if you've been watching the TV broadcast. But Michael Stefanik, like, had to beg for a job. Like, he sent, like, 150, 200 resumes, emails to every executive in baseball. If he could find their email, he sent them an email, put together a tape, just hands and knees, begged for an opportunity. The Angels give him a handful of at-bats. Arizona Fall League, like, you want a chance? Okay, get a couple at-bats. And has worked as himself into having a nice little pro career to the point to where now he's knocking on the door of the big leagues. Boy, the at-bat he worked against Daniel Bard against Colorado, it was an 11-pitch walk. He got behind 0-2, took ball, th- or took ball one. So now it's 1-2, and it was just foul ball, foul ball, foul ball, and then got himself a walk. I mean, Bard's a great story in his own right. And then Stefanik, just being the grinder. To watch two, to watch the battle between two true grinders like that was really a thing of beauty. Love seeing that with that guy. So I would say number one is Stefanik, and then number two is Detmers. I, I think Detmers is a lot further along than I expected him to be um, at this point in his career. Um, I, I think that we're going to see Detmers as the sixth starter for the Angels. I think that's a good sign for the Angels and a great sign for Detmers, a top 21 prospect in baseball right now. Um, and the Angels' best prospect, I don't know that he's going to keep that prospect status for very long. I think that we're going to see Detmers um, have a breakout season and be the guy that he was drafted to be in the first round of the 10th overall pick a couple years ago. I think Detmers has potential to be that dude, and I think we're going to get a chance to see it here in the 2022 season. All right, thanks for joining us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. Lots of fun. Love getting a chance to see your questions, get to answer the Q&A. I love that. We're going to keep doing this from time to time throughout the course of the season, but uh, today especially, I I thought just a good way uh, to interact. Appreciate everybody that's watched the television broadcast on Bally Sports West. I've had a blast with Denny Hawking here. Uh, We're going to do three more games in the Cactus League. Uh, before uh, we get back to Anaheim. And on the radio side, you'll see Terry Smith and Mark Langston, or hear Terry Smith and Mark Langston, uh, doing uh, their thing on radio. And then I will be doing the post-game Angels recap show, like I've always done uh, the last couple of years, reporting and all that. Uh, It's going to be a really good year. I'm excited for this season. I think Joe Madd and Perry Manassian have put together a good lineup, a winning lineup. Um, and a pitching staff that has much improved. I think that the biggest difference from last year or even the last several years to this year, I think there is a true belief and a confidence in the room in this pitching staff. I think these guys believe in what these pitchers can do, and now it's time to get out there and go do it. For Hannah Stang, Howard Drescher, and everyone that helps put this show together, my name is Trent Rush. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast.